Good morning, good morning, or afternoon, or evening, wherever on this earthly plane you find yourself. Welcome to today's podcast episode. I am going to talk to you about planning and programming and documentation because it is one of those things that so many educators struggle with. And we don't need to. Programming and planning is simple as long as we make it simple. So that is what we're going to talk about today. And I am excited for that for you and for me and for everything in between, and especially the little people that we care for. And of course, the minute I hit record, what should come trundling down the street but the bin truck? Anyway, we will get into today's podcast episode. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Hello, hello and welcome to the Big Hearted Podcast. My name is Victoria Edmund and I am your host. Our aim here at the Big Hearted Podcast is to nurture a community of heart-centred educators to change the perception and delivery of early childhood education and care in Australia and ultimately around the world. We want you to be inspired by our guests and the topics we bring to you to think of new ways of being as an educator. We want you to feel a sense of belonging via this podcast so that you can engage any time of the day or night in any place that suits you. We want you to become an educator that delivers education from the heart, as we believe this is how we create great change within our world. So join us as we discover new ways to inspire each other here on the Big Hearted Podcast. Okay, so today's episode came because... Uh, beautiful Joe Stora asked a question on the Big Hearted Planner community page, and I actually missed it five days ago. So I really wanted to talk about this today anyway, after our planning session on Saturday, which was mint. If you missed it, please don't miss the next one. They are so good, so informative, and the connections that educators are making with other educators all around Australia are just next level. So the next one is set for the 4th of May. So put that in your diary. Uh, you don't want to miss it. Of course, we will be putting out information uh, so that you can register before that day comes. But what I wanted to talk about, and I'll read Joe's question out. Uh, I'm still trying to understand child observations regarding the following interests, scaffolding, etc. So example, today children were interested in making paper planes, then later toy pets that they'd bought from home, then building a boat in the puddle with sticks and branches. What do I do with this learning? Is it all just spontaneous or do they go in the observation pages of our planner? In the seasonal planning, I've looked at the developmental milestones, identified the lists, then planned the different days for the term. When we complete the intentional teaching for each day, do we fill the observation pages from what occurred? Okay, so first and foremost, we don't have to document absolutely everything that happens in our program. We don't. And when we get into this space of, oh my goodness, what do I, what do I talk about? What do I do? What, what do I, what do I document? Because you don't know, you end up doing too much. You end up trying to do all of it because you want to capture all this stuff. The thing with documentation 
and planning and observations is that they are just tiny snapshots of a moment in time. So what I did, and this is only what I did, you don't have to do this. It may not suit you. It's just what I chose to do and the way it made sense to my brain and a way that made sure that I wasn't overdoing all of the things that, that and confusing myself and making a humongous workload for myself. I, all I ever used to observe were the intentional teaching moments that I'd purposely created for the children. And I did that because it kind of like an experiment, so to speak. And this is like, I go into not algorithm, that's not the right word. Um, I will be honest, it's 7.36 here. It was this morning and I'm like a quarter into my coffee, so words aren't flowing yet. Why am I recording a podcast? Because I've got a massive day today and I've got to get it done. Um, so it, it all comes, it's like an experiment. And what I want to do is I want to capture the things in my experiment that are like, like I've got my goal is my objective. This is what I want to get to the answer to. And then everything that I do in relation to that, I want to like make a note of. I want to talk about how it worked. I want to talk about what didn't work. Why do I think it didn't work? What are some other things that I could add in or take away or the child, how is the child responding? And that is what this is all about anyway, because the idea of observing a child is to find out information you didn't already know about that little person. It's to cultivate them. It's to add fertilizer. It's to improve the soil. It's to improve the light conditions, all these things. And that could be, let's improve the food they're eating. Let try different types of resources for this particular child, for this particular instance that we're talking about. Let's look at the sounds that are happening around the space. Is there plural lights on that could be setting this little one off? Is there, I don't know, like, do I need to turn the lights off inside and just have natural light? Is that child being overstimulated? Like all of these sorts of questions when you're looking at certain things, and that's just one example, you, you could be asking yourself. And, and what I would do is I would note those things down. I would note those questions that you asked yourself in relation to a child meeting this goal. And sometimes they're going to be simple, like teaching a child to tie their shoelaces, but then you want to improve the conditions for that child. So you might provide a basket with heaps of ribbons tied onto it so that then they can practice tying. You might provide one of those little Montessori boards that has the zippers and the buttons and all these things that's going to improve the dexterity of their hands and fingers. You might provide Play-Doh because that's going to strengthen the muscles in their hands in order to be able to manage tying their shoelaces. You might research different ways of teaching children how to tie shoelaces. So all of these things you can note down in your observation as things that you did to assist that child and why you did it. They could just be sentences. You might put a link to a couple of videos that you watched. You might um, take a photo of the board that the child used or whatever. And you might say, like we attempted our first time today on the 6th of February, 2024. 
And then by the time that child has it, you might note down every time that you've attempted or you've seen that child doing something that relates back to them being able to tie their shoe. That's all on one piece of paper. If you're using our planner, that's all on one observation page. You would just put that child's name at the top, the date you started, your objective for this experiment, quote unquote, or this observation. And then you're going to look at where you're at. Why is that child struggling? Because it's a new skill. Okay, because it's a new skill, what do I need to do? I need to give examples. I need to give opportunities to practice. And I need to upskill myself on the best, quickest, simplest way to be able to impart this knowledge of shoe tying. And then you just fill in your page and it might be a line here and a line there and a link here and a, and a little picture there. And you don't even have to use pictures either. That's going to be a whole other conversation that we have coming up in the next couple of months. Hold on to your hats, friend. Um, so it's, it's just noting that information down. And then, then you're, every time that child attempts it, you're going to have attempt made today, not successful. Attempt made today, managed to tie a knot. Attempt made today and the date, um, you know, we worked on making the butterfly wings. Attempt today, we crossed the butterfly wings over, but they really struggled getting them through the loop. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, yay, on the 20th of February, 2024, success. Yay. You know, and, and that is it. That is it. So if that's been your goal for that child for that whole term, they might nail that in a month. Or it might take them two terms to get it, but that's okay. Keep that observation page, come back to it. Just keep making your notes in there. That tells a story because when you zoom out and you look at that page from the first day you made that goal and you've tracked and you've monitored it all the way down until you've reached success and then you've documented the things that you've done in between, maybe that child. You were teaching them right-handed and they're left-hand dominant and you discovered that and you're like, oh my goodness, that made all the difference. Like it's, it's, think of it as that experiment type thing where you've got to just note these things down. So that kind of documentation is far more meaningful than the old, oh, they sat in the sandpit, had a lovely conversation and off they went. He filled the bucket up with a shovel, used his right hand, like, oh gosh, kill me now, please. It tells me nothing about that child. But if you use the example that I just listed there, it tells you all the things. So therefore, you may only write a sentence about that child in that day, in your observation, your plannings and, and your documentation. But when you look at the evidence that you're gathering over the weeks, days, weeks, months, year on that particular child, you are a hundred percent purposefully, strategically purposefully or purposefully strategic in your work. You are not doing fluff that doesn't tell anybody anything for the sake of doing fluff. You are doing it because it's meaningful and it has purpose. And that makes for incredible work from an observational perspective. That is your professional work because as you start doing that and you keep coming back to that particular child, you will get 
more understanding of how they work and the way they need you to deliver information to them because it's purposeful, it's meaningful documentation. And you might write four sentences a day for the children, but if anybody comes along and asks you why you're doing what you're doing, you will be so excited to pull that observation out and go, look, we started this on the 6th of February and we're now six weeks in and look at all this information that I've got. Look at all this, you know, these dot points and, oh, I can take you back to, you know, um, look at this this here and here and here and here and here. Oh, and I, and I made this resource with the basket with all the different ribbons on it so that the child, or different shoelaces or whatever. So that, you know, and I made this and I did that, blah, 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 blah. And anybody who is worth their weight in gold, who works in early childhood education, will get excited with you. I guarantee it. And if they don't, they're probably not the person for you and they probably shouldn't be in the role they're in. Because anybody that's coming in and asking you about your program should understand what you're doing and why you're doing it if you can talk to them about it. And see, planning and documenting in this style means that you know what's happening and you can talk about it. So what tends to happen though is people don't really, like they look at observations as a singular moment. Feeling like you're never quite on top of everything in your family daycare business? Well, Essential Elements offers a solution to this all-too-common problem. This course provides the keys to managing your business with ease and calm, equipping you with the tools needed for smoother transition and stronger connections. Wave goodbye to the overwhelming chaos and embrace the joy and satisfaction of teaching with confidence. The waitlist is now open and doors will be opening soon on the 11th of March. Don't miss your chance to make a change to your approach to your family daycare business. Start your journey towards a more enjoyable and successful family daycare business today. Make sure you follow us on socials and DM me the word waitlist and I will send you all the information you need. Now, some observations are a singular moment, but I kind of feel like for an educator, in our position, it's far better to have something that you're working on. And this is why I teach educators to select a goal, choose a goal for the child, and then focus on that for the whole time until they reach that goal. Because you're tracking that, you're monitoring it, you're checking in. And you might just, you might not make any notes on that. You might do an observation on where they start. Let's go back to the shoe tying incident. I've, or incident, thing, the shoe tying idea. I watched Jimmy watching the before school care children tie their shoelaces. And I could see he was very interested in tying his own shoelaces. So I've decided that I'm going to help teach him to do that this this season. Um, part of what I'll do is ask mum and dad to bring tie shoelaces for him uh, and we will get to work practicing this skill every day. So that's going to be your first observation. 
then in six weeks' time, you might come back and do a follow-up observation on that and go, we have spent the last couple of weeks really practicing and having a focus on tying shoelaces. I can see he's made significant process in this, in this um, domain of learning. Um, there's further work to be done and he is, I'm impressed with his ability to stick with this um, learning process. And then in 12 weeks time, you'll come back and revisit it. Oh my gosh, he, he managed to do it. It took him eight weeks of learning, but that little guy got the shoelaces done and now he's off and away and he's ready to go to school because he can tie shoelaces. And I'm a legend for teaching him. You know, so that's another way that you can document. I like to have those little regular check-ins every week. That's how I like to do it. Um, but you might prefer to just do it and keep working. Uh, but you, it's, it's helpful to be able to show um, the things that you're doing and to have a, a, a you know, when you, when you coordinate a come in and you've done one observation for the whole season or, you know, and you're halfway through and you've only done one observation on child, they might want to see a little bit more. So that's why I like to just do those continuums. Um, so that also helps with your cycle of planning as well. So you can see that you're checking in, you've got a, a start point, you're checking in, you're observing, you're saying, why is this happening? How is it working? What's, where to from here? You're enacting, you're implementing, you're putting all those things in place. And then when you come to a certain point, you decide, have we completed? Where to from here? What do we need to keep doing? Are we moving on to a new goal or are we, you know, have we, for want of a better word, tied this all in knots and we're all done? Um, so it, it's, it's very simple. So that creates your cycle of planning as well. Um, what I would caution against is trying to document everything that happens. This is where we get confused. This is where this burden of documentation comes over, becomes overwhelming. So how I used to do it was I would have my observations and then I would just do a daily overview and that's where I would talk about, you know, the wonderful things that happened in the day. So I, I clearly remember one of my favorite documentation moments or, and I called them um, a daily journal because uh, it's like a daily journal. Uh, I remember taking photos. We walked back from the bus stop and the children, I only had three little ones with me at that time. Uh, the children had picked up sticks and my brother lives next door to me. So we posted the sticks in his letterbox. And then it started this big game where the children, we filled his entire letterbox with crap. It was awesome. That's why it stands out for me. Sibling behavior does never stop. <laughs> so I had photos of the children. One of them had their little um, bunny thing with her. So she was posting that in the letterbox and pulling it out the other end. and. You know, so I documented that as a, as a way to show the families what we, a little snapshot of what we'd done during the day and the fun that we'd had. There is no way you can convey everything that happens. It's physically impossible. It's also boring. Parents don't care. They don't want to read about that stuff. They just want to have a lovely moment. Oh, isn't that great? Where you can see all of the children engaged and, and that's it. So it's sometimes a paragraph. That's all you end up writing. But it's just you've captured that the children were all engaged. You've talked about a little bit of the learning that they that they did that day. That's enough. 
So you, once you've made your notes about the children throughout the day or you've done the odd observation throughout the day and you, day, you do that daily catch-up, a lot of educators do that onto social media. I did it in a book because the children really enjoyed coming back and looking through the books and I had a number of them, which unfortunately I'd given to educators over the years and just never got back, which is a real shame because I could use them now to show you. Um, unfortunately, uh, but the, who knows, they may, may come back. I don't know. It's been a few years now, but that's all I used to do. And so this is how you get your documentation down to 20 minutes a day. You do your bulk intentional teaching. You plan that well in advance. So you know what you're doing, when you're doing, and why you're doing it. It's the first thing. Secondly, you are purposefully strategic in your observation so you're very mindful about what you do. You're not doing too much. You're doing enough to keep the experiment going, so to speak. Uh, thirdly, you minimize the amount that you're documenting for the parents because one of the most common phrases is that my parents don't pay attention anyway. If they see photos on social media, they'll give it a like. They don't engage with it. Very rarely do they engage with it. And that's just because people are so busy. They see their kids all the time. They don't actually care. So keeping it simple, you don't have to document everything. You don't have to write everything down that you do. You don't have to justify what you're doing and why you're doing it. Your professional work lays in your pre-programming. So the things that you, your intentional teaching, doing that in advance, that's that's where your work starts because you refer back to that document and you can go back to there. Well, this is why I'm doing it. Because way back on, if you did the planning with us on um, the, the 3rd of February, right, and the department visits you and asks you why you're doing what you're doing or your coordinator visits you and asks you why you're doing what you're doing, you can say, well, back on the 3rd of February, I did my intentional teaching plan. This was the goal or these were the goals that I – um, put in place that I wanted to meet for that child. This is how I've gone about meeting it. This is how it's gone. And you can, that you could see these notes that you've already made. They'll be like, oh, great. Yeah. You, yeah. Awesome. You're on your way. Yeah. You know exactly what you're doing and why you're doing it. And you've kept notes on and blah, blah, blah. But you can see that picture forming and un unwinding and you can see how simple it is. And it really is simple. It's massively simple. You're using the developmental milestone checklists. They're, the EYLF touches on all of those. Once you've done those, you can then go back and link outcomes to them if you want to. But if the person reading it can't see how that fits into the EYLF, can't see the different domains that that touches on and the different quality areas and all the rest of it, why are they doing what they're doing? They shouldn't be. We don't have to cross-reference freaking everything. Like this is where we get tied up in knots. This is where we get tied up in knots. So I hope that makes a little bit of sense. I hope that that helps clarify things for you. And if not, just ask me a question because I love answering questions like this. I hope you get a lot out of today's episode and that it brings a lot of ease for you because I want educators to feel confident in what they're doing. I want educators to be excited by what they're doing in the programs that they're running.
because when you are excited about what you do, the children will be excited about it too. So there we go, my friends. I hope you have a beautiful day and I will see you next week on the podcast, the Big Hearted Podcast, where we have the gorgeous Rachel Smith from Out of the Box Educators uh, coming to talk with us. So it's going to be a cracker. We'll see you next week. Much love. Big love. Bye. Hi, friend. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you got a lot out of today's episode. When we work on our own, we can sometimes be in a silo. So having new perspectives and different ways of looking at things is vitally important for the growth of our individual selves and our professional selves as well. We love feedback. So if you felt compelled to share what you thought of today's podcast, we would love to read your thoughts. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcast. That helps our podcast to get out to the wider community. And the more that hear what we have to share, we think the better it is. Thanks so much, friend. We'll see you next time. Till then, big love.